What's up guys, the pub is open. I'm your host Luke and tonight we're going to dig into Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella's recently released romantic creature feature, After Midnight. Before we do that though, what are we drinking? Obviously I don't know about you, but in front of me right now I've got a beer from Cross Strain Brewing Company out of Omaha, Nebraska. It's none other than one of their flagship beers, uh, which is called Fairy Nectar. This was originally released in bottles. Uh, recently, they've transitioned into cans. And Fairy Nectar used to be a slightly hazy, mostly straightforward, though still thoroughly delicious, dank, mildly bitter, juicy IPA. Since then, they've moved to cans and they've fully embraced the hazy qualities, making this more of a full-on New England-style IPA, removing almost all the bitterness and making it juicier than ever. Uh, it's a staple in my fridge, and Cross Drain is hands down my favorite brewery in the state of Nebraska, and it just happens to be located not far from where I'm sitting right now. Uh, now, I may have a fun but really stupid surprise later uh, in the drink department, uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, but without that out of the way, you might be saying, what is this? What's going on? What pub is this lunatic talking about? Uh, I'm referring to Cinepub. This is a podcast I'm looking to keep going for as long as I have the time, ambition, and means to keep it going. I uh, haven't quite figured out how regularly this will be posted, but suffice to say, I will keep it as regular as I can. As I said, my name is Luke, and I have been wandering around the internet spreading the gospel according to Luke about movies on various websites. Uh, if you've read my stuff and came here to listen to me, I thank you from the bottom of my heart, but secretly, I am judging you. Uh, if you haven't read my stuff, good on ya. Uh, let's have a beer together. Naturally, I don't con condone underage drinking and fully believe in drinking responsibly, so if you are underage, hopefully you stick around and enjoy the movie conversation uh, and the rest can come later. My mission statement is simple. Uh, movies and beer, or uh, movies and booze. I basically just want this to feel like you've walked into your favorite bar to sit down and BS about movies with one of your friends uh, whilst partaking in some libations. I may eventually uh, be in the market for a regular co-host, uh, but I may just bring in some friends from time to time to discuss movies with me. But for now, I'm all you've got, and I will try to make this as entertaining as I know how, uh, which is a comforting notion coming from someone who quite simply hates hearing himself talk. Uh, alrighty, why don't we go ahead and get to the movie, shall we? Uh, after midnight. Listen, baby, you're gonna talk to me sooner or later. You can't just disappear. Ever since you left, some kind of thing's been coming out of the woods every night.
one town don't have someone saying they've seen something they can't explain. You're right about most things, but you're wrong about one thing. You are enough for me, Abby. This is a film directed by Jeremy Gardner and Christian Stella. Gardner, who has been kicking around the indie world for some time and most notably directed the uber low-budget zombie flick The Battery. Stella has uh, done cinematography on all three of Gardner's films, uh, which includes After Midnight, Tex Montana, Will Survive, as well as The Battery. Uh, And he co-directed After Midnight and Tex Montana, Will Survive, as well. After Midnight follows the budding romance of Hank, played by Jeremy Gardner, and Abby, played by Bria Grant, before jump-cutting into present day, which is about a decade after Hank swoops Abby off her feet, and Abby has suddenly left, leaving a vague note, and since then, a mysterious creature has been trying to break into their home every night. Hank naturally sounds crazy as he tries explaining this to the local police officer, uh, who happens to be Abby's brother, and played by Justin Benson. But as we see, uh, he certainly seems to be telling the truth. However, the movie switches back and forth between scenes of Hank and Abby in good times, though we see glimpses of something else in Abby's uh, facial expressions over time, suggesting that something's not quite right, and present day as Hank grapples with Abby's departure and what he's going to do now. Now, while the the movie doesn't scream horror, I believe its feet are firmly planted in the genre, but it's trying something new, which is something I'd personally like to see become a trend, and though I'm not big on romanticism in movies, there's something about how Gardner and Stella have constructed this film that speaks to me. There's a dreamlike quality to the look and feel combined with some of the raw and relatable human emotion uh, and playful sense of humor that runs throughout the whole movie that just makes this a sublimely and bizarrely sweet, tragic, fun, and suspenseful film all at once. Specifically, the penultimate scene of After Midnight features a long take of a conversation that is chock full of vulnerable emotions that I've found myself pinned to the screen and having moments examining my own behavior uh, in relationships while being sympathetic and critical on either side of the coin. Ultimately, I came down siding one way, but uh, the way Gardner's script tells the story and writes these characters, it feels impossible for someone to not connect with these characters in some way, shape, or form. Uh, What feels even more remarkable to me is how down uh, to earth and real this all feels even with the dreamlike nature of the cinematography and the fact that there's a monster stopping stomping and shrieking around i have some more spoiler thoughts to get into but before that i want to uh stop and do something incredibly stupid in the movie hank's best friend wade played hilariously by henry zabrowski willingly partakes in what is called a gorilla fart A gorilla fart, at least in the movie, is a drink poured from whatever the hell happens to be in the spill mat of the bar. Uh, 
Hank's character owns this bar, and Wade happily, uh, though eventually regretfully, drinks this unholy concoction. I don't drink a lot of liquor, so my options are not ideal, though this drink in general is not ideal. Uh, but what I'm about to do is concoct my own homemade gorilla fart and see what happens. In a glass I have sitting here, I have compiled a combination of peanut butter whiskey, blue raspberry vodka, amaretto, uh, blackberry whiskey, and caramel apple whiskey from a local distiller, some peanut butter and jelly mead, and some terrible spiced rum that's been sitting in a mini oak barrel in my basement for over a year. Uh, and yeah, I am about to drink this. Um, this is not a video podcast, but I will post a picture of what this looks like on uh, Instagram, maybe even Twitter, uh, so you can kind of see uh, what I'm about to do, to, uh, what I have done to myself here. So yeah, here we go. Three, two, one... Cheers. Okay. <clears throat> okay, yeah. That was awful. <clears throat> I do not recommend what I've just done. Unless you really enjoy cough medicine in some uh, way, shape, or form. And immediately want that cough medicine to make you feel like you've just spun in a circle uh, 30 times. So yeah. A gorilla fart. It is as bad as it sounds. And now that that's over... I'm about to dig into some more spoilery aspects of After Midnight. Uh, so if you don't want to be spoiled, please pause, watch the movie, and come back. If you're still with me right now, this is your last chance to turn away. In the finale of the film, Abby lays everything out to Hank about how she's been feeling, uh, and then they prepare for her birthday party. Some awkwardness ensues. And eventually Hank announces that he has seen the error of his ways over the last decade and says he's willing to give Abby everything she wants and that she is enough for him before breaking out into a karaoke version of Stay by Lisa Loeb, which is the only song on a mixtape that Abby finds that Hank had made for a previous girlfriend, which is a running joke of the movie. <clears throat> Hank is then tackled by the monster. A struggle ensues. Hank kills the monster uh, with the antlers that he broke off from his prized deer rack, who he named Valentine, and eventually presents a bottle of wine, which is also a running gag throughout the movie uh, and Hank and Abby's relationship. And at the bottom of the bottle is an engagement ring uh, right before the movie cuts to credits. So what is this all about? What does it mean? For most of the movie, we're led to wonder if the monster is indeed real. No one but Hank and unfortunately Abby's cat have encounters with it. We see because we're watching this and experience it from Hank's perspective. 
it's not until the creature tackles Hank that suddenly it seems everyone sees the monster and is shocked by what they witness. For a while, we believe that the monster is simply a manifestation created by Abby's departure in Hank's head that he has created to cope with, or not not really cope with, but put a face on his problems. Uh, he eventually says to Abby later in the film he wasn't convinced she wasn't the monster, and so there's clearly metaphors that could be at play for the monster, and what what we're left to grapple with is if that is the case or if it was real, rather or not there's an answer, I don't really think it matters because in the end, the story is told so well that I just got lost in it and was on board with whatever, wherever they wanted to take me. I actually saw this for the first time last year as a screener for part of the 2019 Tribeca Film Festival and was in love with it then. At the time, I, it was under the title Something Else, that is what the actual title was, and when I saw it, uh, I saw it was getting an official release in 2020 with a new title, I was more than happy to wait and give it another review, or another view, and I gotta say, multiple views have only made me love it more. I wasn't fully sold on the ending initially, but after repeat viewings, I caught or connected with a bit more and hadn't noticed, I hadn't even noticed the engagement ring when I saw it the first time. I don't know if it's, if it wrapped up a way that I, as neatly as I'd like it to, but overall it's just, it's a minor complaint that I just think that it wasn't as clean as it should have been at the end, and it's otherwise a, an outstanding movie. Uh, in other words, if you're keeping score for 2020, this is currently my movie to beat, uh, both in horror and otherwise. Uh, if you're somebody who uh, partakes in the best movies released of 2020 so far, I don't know why you would, because it's only the end of February, and it may as well just be a list of, here's what's been released in 2020 so far. Uh, so yeah, I think overall, I think that's going to be it for the first ever episode of uh, the Cinepub podcast. It's definitely been a brisk journey to this point. I'm doubtful um, subsequent episodes will be as short, but since it's just me, there's not really anybody here to argue or interrupt uh, my inane ramblings. <clears throat> I don't really know how all this will work or how it's all going to shake out. This has all been kind of an experiment to see if anybody is willing to even uh, give my uh, ramblings the time of day. If you like what you heard, then please spread the word. I've set up a Twitter and Instagram account, so just search for at CinemaPubPod on both Twitter or Instagram and give those a follow. You can reach out to me via email, which is cinemapubpod at gmail.com for questions, comments, etc. Or you can find me personally on both Twitter and Instagram under the username CrummyLuke. That uh, is a brisk end to the first edition of Cinema Pub. And as they say, you don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Have a great night. Cheers.